This is Novel Marketing. I'm James L. Rubart. I'm Thomas Umstead Jr. And this is the show for writers who want to become best-selling authors. And that is how we opened the podcast 10 years ago. In fact, for years, that was how we opened the show. And in case you haven't guessed, today we are celebrating the 10-year anniversary of the Novel Marketing Podcast. Our first episode went live on September 30th, 2013. Wow, we are almost right on the dot. Thomas, thanks for inviting me to be part of this. This is so fun. I love it. That's right. For those of you who are new to the podcast, you may not recognize this other name on the podcast, but for the first many years of Novel Marketing, this was a co-hosted show of Thomas Umstadt and James L. Rubart. And then James became a Hall of Fame author and an <laughs> audiobook recorder and he he moved on to bigger and better things, but we still pull him back. He he went from being an everyday star on the show to being an occasional guest star on the show. So, Jim, it's good to have you back. Oh, it's great. It's been so fun to watch you take it r- truly be beyond what you and I did together. So really fun to be back for this seminal issue. Yeah, and, and it's, it's exciting. And it's important to stop and celebrate these milestones. And it's also, I think, valuable to look back on what's changed in the last 10 years in publishing and in marketing and, you know, what lessons we learned the hard way and what we would do differently. It's really easy to constantly be looking forward and guessing about the future and often a little bit of looking back goes a long way. And actually a little bit of understanding where we came from, I think, can help us know where we're headed. And listener Jenny Fretzky suggested we share highlights from the last 10 years. And I thought that was a great idea. So what we're going to do, I have selected one episode per year. And Jim has selected one episode per year. And we have not talked to each other about what those episodes are. And I didn't give Jim any kind of criteria for what episode he should pick. So it'll be interesting to see if we pick the same episode or not. (laughs) It will. I suspect a couple of times maybe we will have and many times we won't. But if you're like me, Thomas, a number of the episodes reviewing all these from 10 years, I would go, oh my gosh, that has no relevance whatsoever today. But it really did back then. And then there's (laughs) others where you go, okay, this is actually just as relevant today as it, it was back then. So it's kind of fun. So let's talk about 2013. So some quick facts about 2013. Uh, we had 11 episodes that year because we launched in September. We didn't do a single interview and our episodes were 15 minutes long. We were very much copying that 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and we're not that smart model. <laughs> it was every week. And I'll let you go first. What was your episode from that year? The one I thought was most impactful was the secret to getting people to love you, because uh, most people know that I'm a Jesus follower. And there's this verse where Paul talks about you can have all the Facebook followers in the world. You can have the biggest list. You can be a best selling author. You can have won all the awards. But if you do not have love, you have nothing. The parallel for me is you have to connect with people. If you want your career to be a success, you have to get people to love you. And so this episode goes in how to make that happen. And I think it is as relevant today, as I mentioned earlier, I think this one is as relevant today as it was back then. Which is interesting because that's very connected to the first commandment of book marketing, which is love your reader as as much as you love your book. (laughs) That's not the episode I thought you were going to pick. I thought you were going to pick the business cards episode, which I thought was our first good episode, (laughs) Uh, which isn't the one I picked either. So I picked, do authors still need a website, which is actually episode two. 
And I went back and re-listened to this episode. I'm going to link to it. And we were combating the current advice of the day, which was because Google Plus is so good at ranking on Google and because Facebook is so good at connecting you with your readers, a website is a waste of time and a waste of money. You can just get along with Google Plus. And you were reading all these quotes from some conference, some writer's conference and all these marketing gurus saying, all you need is social media. You don't need yep. a website. And we were saying, no, no, this is a terrible idea. This is terrible <laughs> advice. And I will say, we were right. <laughs> if you built your platform on Google Plus, somebody get a sad violin. Because <laughs> yeah, it's gone. Yeah. Okay, so and, Thomas, and... I didn't tell you I did this, but there were a number of years where I thought, how am I going to pick one episode? Because there were some really strong years. So I do have an honorable mention each year. And my honorable mention for this first year would be seven things Santa can teach you about book marketing. All right. So 2014, we had 42 episodes in 2014. We did six interviews. So we were mostly just the two of us. And that was the year a tree fell through your roof, which I feel like was the beginning of your transformation from one season of your life to another. That is a life changer. Yeah, really good way to describe it. So this was the year we did our first Q&A extravaganza. Do you remember we used to do that? So now that kind of quick question answering happens on the patrons only episodes. And my top episode from that year was how to create an author brand. And I only let myself pick one. So I picked step one, but that was a, a set of three episodes that was the beginning of me putting together a branding system. Mm -hmm. uh, and so brand, step one was looking at the mirror, identifying your strengths and your weaknesses and how you're weird, how you're different. Step two was looking at your reader and asking who are they. And then step three was asking what your reader has to say about you. At that time, there was only three steps. I hadn't come up with the fourth step yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It's still early days. For me, if step one is loving on other people and finding champions, for me, step two is how do I do a newsletter? What do I say to these people once I start loving on them. They start loving me back. What do I put in a newsletter? So mine was what to in include in your author newsletter. Yeah. That is a topic we have revisited many times. Yes. As I was going through, I thought, okay, you've gone back and back, which is, is great. My honorable mention was how to create an elevator pitch so good people will stop the elevator. Because even if you're an indie author, you need that elevator pitch for people you're meeting on the street or at a party or whatever else. I thought that was critical. And this was a good year, folks. If you're new to the podcast, you should go back because 2014 was a good year. My honorable mention number two was how to create a mastermind group. And I know you've revisited that too, Thomas, in subsequent years, but that was my mastermind group was so instrumental in so much of my success. So that's my second honorable mention. Yeah, and I will say, if you want to listen to these really old episodes, you actually have to go to authormedia.com. Your podcast app will only show the most recent 300 episodes. This is a technical limitation of podcasting. I actually have the ability to increase it, and I did a few months ago, and it broke the whole podcast in certain apps, and it was a big oh, tech wow. support nightmare. And so I've gone back. 300 is the limit. So now every time a new episode comes out, it pushes off the old one. But the version on authormedia.com is still there. You can still listen to it. And so if you want to go back and listen to any of these old episodes, you can go and check that out. 
2015, we only did 14 episodes the whole year. <laughs> was that the year that we went to every other and then we took like a month break and another month so, break? Yeah, a lot of big things happened that year. That was when I wrote that viral blog post about dating and suddenly ah. became the dating and relationships guy. Gosh, that was such a weird year because I would go to a writer's conference to talk about marketing and all people wanted to talk to me about was my blog post. <laughs> yeah, I that was the year I was literally being part of rebuilding my house and we were moving. And yeah, that was a definitely a tumultuous year. So in terms of the best episodes from that year, though, I would say my favorite episode was where to spend your marketing money which is a, a real big strategic episode in terms of how to start prioritizing. And I think that's where I started talking about, it's not really about the question of, will this help me sell more books? Because just about anything will help you sell more books, right? Holding a cardboard sign on the street corner will help you sell more books. So the real question is, what's your best alternative and what's your next best alternative? And comparing those and identifying what will get me the best return on investment. And this is also the year where we started our popular Marketing 101 series, which I've continued uh, to today. I did retroactively go back and make episode one, which is what is marketing, uh, Marketing 101 uh, episode. But the actual like idea of going back to basics, this was the first year where we made an effort to go back to basics. For me, it was, I think this was about the time where we had started preaching, hey, your email list, that is, that's the gold. That's where you got to spend your a lot of your energy or the majority of your energy. And so mine was how to grow your email list from zero to 10,000. And then my honorable mention, it's powerful marketing lessons from Taylor Swift since, <laughs> and since she has taken over the world, essentially, this is the year of Taylor Swift. It's probably uh, apropos as well to mention her. That's right. She was popular in 2015. She's still uh, popular today. In 2016, we increased our output all the way to 18 episodes. If you listen to other podcasts, a lot of book marketing podcasts and publishing podcasts have higher episode numbers than novel marketing, even though they're not as old. And it, the big reason is because it was 2015 and 2016. So we were putting out, you know, a little bit more than an episode per month in those years. This year, I got hired as a marketing director for a traditional publisher. And a lot of the episodes that you're focused on making money, which is interesting. We almost had a theme of how to be a career author, how to make money with your writing. Uh, but I'd say my favorite episode is the Enclave Files, where I talk about what I was doing as a marketing director, what was working, what was not working, what experiments we did, and what lessons learned uh, came out of that. I've since bundled, I did this episode in another Enclave Files, and they are now combined into a single episode that I re released around Christmas. <laughs> I, I sometimes we'll take old episodes and re-release around Christmas, but this is when that first episode first went live. My number one in 2016 was seven website visitors every author needs to thrill. And this was one of the, the those episodes where I felt like, I'm not really a co-host. I'm just a listener who says something every now and then because I, I was so impressed with the episode to think not just of a reader, but you have these distinct types of readers and you need to be cognizant of them and addressing them with your website. So you'll thrill all these seven different kinds. Again, that's one of the ones where if you're newer to the podcast, you really should go back and listen. And then honorable mention was how to write a crazy cool bio. Cause a lot of times that's the first impression. So making a bio 
that makes you stand out and remembered, I think is really important. And then my honorable mention number two was how to use the power of video to engage readers because video was just kind of coming into its own and it's continued to explode. So that's another one I'd encourage you to revisit. Yeah. And that was the beginning of live video because we'd had YouTube for 10 years at that point, but the ability to do live and 2016 was the heyday of Facebook live. You could click go live on Facebook yeah. and all your friends would be watching a bunch of strangers would be watching. And it was a really great way to elevate your platform. Live video is still useful. I just did an episode on webinars and what we talked about in that episode about live video and connecting with your readers is all still valid. Hmm. The stuff about Facebook live though, I take it all back. <laughs> <laughs> so 2017, uh, we did 25 episodes. So our output is starting to increase. And this was the year Jim's laptop died <laughs> or it was dying. It didn't it die dying. all at once. Yeah. yeah. So. We were like, we need to get Jim a new laptop. And the podcast hadn't made any money at this point. You'd promote your book and I'd promote various things that I was up to, but it wasn't bringing in lots of cash. It was washing its own face in terms of costs. We also didn't do a lot of post-production. So we just recorded and posted it, which you can hear. The quality is a little bit different in those days. <laughs> but this is the year that we started leveling up the quality. I got a, my first good microphone. I got the SM7B. And this is the year we did the five-year plan. And where we sat down and created the five-year plan for becoming a best-selling author. It's also the year that I got married and started a radio show. I had a lot of big events <laughs> happen. And I will say in terms of themes for this season, this is when we really started pivoting towards indie. You may not know this, but when we first started novel marketing, it was squarely focused on traditionally published authors. We didn't do hardly any indie-focused episodes for the first 100 episodes, which I feel like we've gone full the other way. <laughs> now we do more episodes for indies than we do for traditionally published. Obviously, most things apply to both. And I would say my favorite episode from this year is 10 Things Every Book Cover Needs. That's been a very popular episode. People continue to link to the blog post, and a lot of new authors use that as their guide for knowing how to make a good book cover because it's really easy to have missing elements, and it's hard to not know what's not there. It's one thing to see something that's wrong, but it's another thing to not see something that's missing, and often it's subtle, and readers, if they don't see that thing that's missing, they'll know immediately this is a self-published book. Mine is how to write best-selling back cover copy, because that is the key. And what I discovered from being in traditional publishing most of my career is even the traditional publishers do not have great back cover copy writers. And so it's a skill you have to at least understand, even if you're indie, so you can communicate with your back cover copy writer. So that was my number one. And my number two was 10 things every book cover needs. So going into 2018, I doubled down on podcasting this year. So we went up to 51 episodes this year. And I also launched three other podcasts. Two of them were Creative Funding Show, which was all about crowdfunding, and the Christian Publishing Show launched this year. So there were weeks where I was producing three, four, or five podcast episodes in a week. <laughs> so I was doing four podcasts, plus this was the year we launched Patreon, and so we are also doing the patrons only episodes and I was guesting on other people's podcasts. So I was talking to a microphone every single day, just about. Wait a minute, Thomas, I have to back you up for just for a second and add the book launch blueprint, I think was also in there. You had an insane schedule. That's right. We also did the book launch blueprint that <laughs> year. 
that was too much for this is a little bit of foreshadowing that was too much because i was also a literary agent (laughs) this was also when we started doing blog post versions or at least we started going back and doing blog post versions so shout out to shauna she does a lot of work on these blog posts we have ninety one thousand words of blog post versions of the episodes (laughs) so that's a whole book's worth of marketing advice and i also had a baby that year (laughs) i had a lot going on in 2018 way too much and what i think the most important episode was was why facebook is overrated for book marketing and this episode is really important because it is the beginning of my transition on facebook so i used to see facebook as a tool in your toolbox where you use Facebook to draw traffic to your website and you use Facebook to get the word out about your book. And there's ways that you can use Facebook effectively. And in the early days of Facebook, this is really true. But the more I use Facebook and the more I looked at the numbers, the less enchanted with Facebook I became. And this is my first episode where I'm starting to say, Facebook isn't really very effective. It's overrated. People are giving it more hype than it deserves. If you listen to that episode, I'm like, here's all the reasons why I don't like Facebook, but it's still good for this and this and this. (laughs) So I'm not full on anti-Facebook at this point, but it's the beginning of my transition. You're starting to itch. (laughs) Yeah, the, uh, the suspicions is getting there. How about you? Mine was how to create a reader magnet because I believe the ability to do that is something you will use again and again and again throughout your entire career. And it is something that can set you apart from other authors. So that was my number one. And my number two was how to connect with anyone in the world, realizing that when people like you, the rules change and the whole idea of six degrees of separation, Kevin Bacon, it's more like three degrees of separation. So you never know who you know that knows somebody you want to know. Yeah. I mean, that's the how to make friends and influence people who you know is so important in this industry. And it's something people often don't talk about, but those relationships are are critical in learning how to make good friends just in real life, but also in the industry with other authors and with other professionals really is what often separates successful authors from authors who just can't seem to figure out why it's not working for them. They're like, I keep trying and I'm doing all the things. And it's like, you're not making the friendships. (laughs) You're not building those relationships. You're a stranger to everybody and they don't trust you. And the more that you connect with people, the more the rules change, like you're so good about talking about. And you need those rules to change if you want to be successful long term. So this brings us to 2019, the year of Thomas's mental breakdown. <laughs> so <laughs> I was doing too much in 2018. I was doing too many episodes. I was doing too many jobs. I was married now. I had a baby. We were doing courses, which were great. And people were seeing great results from those courses. But interacting with students and doing a good job on the courses takes a real investment of time. But in 2019, we did 51 episodes again. <laughs> But towards the end of the year, I pruned way back. So it's our famous episode. Now, I put this down as my favorite episode for the year. Focus, pruning, and why novel marketing is about to change, which is where I I was real transparent with all of y'all. Like, hey, I'm doing too much. Creative funding shows going away. I'm no longer a literary agent. I quit a million things because I was doing entirely too much. And that's also when Jim stepped down from being a regular guest and shifted to being the occasional guest star that he is today. For me, it was a very practical episode, and that was how to create a design brief for your book cover 
with anyone in the world. And Thomas approached this with his analytical mind. And what was real illuminating for me, this wasn't on the episode, but he presented it to this friend of ours who is a very highly intelligent, very competent author. And he was just like, oh my gosh, this just is a lifesaver. If you have not listened to that episode, you really need to go back and embrace it and immerse yourself in it. It'll change your life. And that is one one of the first episodes that came with a worksheet. So we started experimenting with like downloadables that were attached to episodes where we would teach on a topic, but you could also download a Word doc that you could fill out yourself. And that episode's got a free Word doc that you can download yourself to create a creative brief for your book cover. And there's 102,000 words of blog posts in 2019 for the blog versions of the episodes. And this takes us to 2020 in which we had 45 episodes. So this is when I started my taking a few weeks off. I had learned from 2019 and not a robot. Although I will say we now had 12 patrons-only episodes. So if you include the patrons-only episodes, that goes up to 57 episodes. It actually grows from that perspective. 161,000 words. And this is the year that we started the Marketing Psychology series. I had a hard time picking one because I really like marketing psychology as a topic. And I feel like this is one area where it's been fun to focus and where a lot of people don't focus on the psychology. They, they tell you what to do, but not the why behind why it works. And if you don't know the why behind why it works, sometimes it's hard to make it work for you. And so understanding the psychology of launches, the psychology of, of motivating somebody to want to buy your book is, is really fun. Those episodes were how to make your book more popular, how to price your book using marketing psychology, how to use scarcity and ubiquity to make your book irresistible, and how to create urgency to buy your book. For me, by this time, I was doing a lot of one-on-one consulting with authors and working with them. And what I saw again and again and again, both nonfiction and fiction, is the titles were just just bad. And it just made me realize how critical a strong title is. So mine was How to Pick a Strong Book Title. I was actually just talking with somebody about that episode earlier today. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about the power of having a title that ranks in search on Amazon. If you have hmm. the right keywords in your title, it can make all the difference and for really good ongoing sales. In 2021, we had 40 episodes, 176,000 words. And by 2021, I had three babies. <laughs> so we had a baby at the end of 2019. And then we had our third baby in 2021. This was the year of the 10 commandments of book marketing episode. And I would say if I had to pick one episode, like if there was only one episode I could put in a time capsule that would be remembered 100 years from now, that kind of captures the novel marketing approach. I would say it's probably the Ten Commandments of book marketing. And what's fun about this episode is I reached out to Jim to do the actual commandments in his special voice, his audiobook narrator voice. I did, I did, I did kind of a Charlton Heston type voice. Yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I actually picked some runners up this year. There's the episode on what every author needs to know about cybersecurity. It's a really important episode, and then how to get endorsements for your book. So I, I picked a bunch of episodes that year, but the Ten Commandments is definitely number one. Well, and none of those are on my number one <laughs> list or my honorable mentions. Um, <laughs> but that just shows the variety, right? The diversity of, of the way you and I look at this. For me, there are fundamentals of book marketing and branding is one of those fundamentals. And so for me, it was the 10 classic branding blunders uh, authors make and how to avoid them. So understanding that, 
piece of the puzzle is so important. And I'm surprised how many times I will give a talk on branding and there'll be somebody in there that this is the third time they've heard me speak and they come up to me and they go, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I really am getting it now. I'm starting to embrace it and live it out. And so I realize it's the curse of knowledge, right? Where Thomas and I have been around this most of our lives. And so for us, it's, well, of course. But if somebody's never driven a car before, it's not simple to drive a car. And so I would say that that would be my number one. And then my runner-up was how to publish your book independently. That that is just, that's absolutely where many, many people should be going and are going. And so that's such a fundamental episode to listen to, to start that process. And a topic I plan to revisit again very soon. <laughs> so indie publishing, a lot changes. And stay tuned if you want to learn more about how to independently publish your book. Uh, 2022, we had 43 episodes, 173,000 words, 12 patrons-only episodes. This is the year I started recording the patrons-only episodes live. So what we used to do... Patrons would send in their question and I'd read their question or my wife would read their question and then I'd answer it. But now we record them live so that if you want, you can send in your question and I'll read it and then answer it in the old way. But you can also tune in and a lot of patrons like to tune in and they'll come on screen and we'll chit chat. And that allows for follow up questions and it allows for the answer to be a little bit more in depth, almost getting into coaching, definitely more consulting than just answering a question. And those episodes are really fun. And we're starting to experiment with bringing on expert guests. So I've lined up a email marketing expert. Evan Gao is going to come and we're having a copyright lawyer and joining us who's going to answer all the legal questions that you may have as an author. And so you'll get a chance to. Pick the brain of a, a real-life lawyer talking about uh, the legal ins and outs of being an author. This is the year that we officially launched Obscure No More. And the episode that I picked for my top episode was AI Tools for Authors. And what's fun about this episode is it came out right before ChatGPT came out. Oh, no <laughs> so, kidding. So these were all of the non-ChatGPT AI tools for authors. And the blog version of this post has gone on to be one of our most popular blog hmm. posts ever. It ranks really high for that phrase on Google. A lot of people have used it to find tools. And I realize AI is very controversial and chat GPT is very controversial. But the tools that we're talking about in this episode, a lot of them were like, here's an app that does dictation really accurately. Here's an app that will help you with your grammar, even if you're anti-AI. These are non-Skynet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, some of them were Skynet, but some others were not. <laughs> so we had the whole panoply there. And I basically did a breakdown of the best tools. And a lot of those tools are still around. A lot of them are way more powerful now because some of mm. them now have GPT power under the hood. But this was the first time I started talking about AI on the podcast. For me, it was maybe because I was on this episode, but I don't think so. It was how to launch your book in 2022. It was us talking about the book launch blueprint. And the, the reason I like it is because, yes, it was to promote the course, obviously, but we gave some pro tips all along the way, stuff that people could take if they couldn't afford the course or they weren't going to take the course, they could still walk away and go, I can actually use this and this is going to help my launch. So I just, I love doing that. So that brings us to current year, 2023. And my favorite episode from this year is how to build hype for a debut novel. This is an interview I did with CJ Malacy. And what was fun about this interview is that C.J. Malacy is a five-year plan alumni, right? Because it's been five years since we first released 
the five-year plan. Wow, I didn't know that. And she had just unbelievable success. And it was kind of like the culmination of all of these years of work. And and because a lot of people, they'll come, they'll listen to the podcast for six months, they'll launch their book and they'll leave. And they're happy because they have a book and they're now an author. But other people are really trying to turn this into a career. They're really trying to build something deeper and they're going deeper. They're not just listening to the podcast, but they're taking the courses and they're really engaging. And that was definitely CJ. And this was a very popular episode because she was really transparent about what she did and what worked, what didn't work, what she would do differently. And it worked really well. (laughs) She had an incredibly successful Kickstarter for her campaign. She had an incredibly successful launch. And it was just a really satisfying episode to kind of see it come full circle now, I know you and I, we both want to make a million changes to the five-year plan. We have a million, you know, improvements we want to make. <laughs> but the current version's working, right? People are <laughs> following it. None of them are doing it in five years. So this is the interesting thing. So we made a big deal about it. It's five years. People are going faster or slower. No one is going at the actual five-year pace. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But, you know, it's a cadence, right? And if you want to speed up the yeah. tempo, you can speed up the tempo. Yeah. If you want to slow it down, you can. It's a free country. You're an adult. But I will say my runner-up for 2023 is How to Find Your Timothy. Mm. And I would say this is probably my second most important episode for the all time. Because I think that this is really important. Knowing who you're writing for really changes everything. Instead of writing for yourself or writing for vague, generic people or writing for an imaginary persona, writing for a real-life human. And you're, If I can thrill this one person, mm-hmm. if I can serve this one person, I can thrill and serve many, many more. And it's a really transformative episode. It's an episode that I'm very passionate about. (laughs) So that's my runner-up. My number one is how Corinne Norton successfully kickstarted her book in one hour, which is almost a twin or a cousin or a sister to CJ because they go together. And I helped Corinne with her back cover copy. So I've watched her, did this whole process. I'm on her email list. I think she does a fantastic, fantastic job of sending out her newsletter. I think is is fantastic. And so it's not just, oh, she got money for a Kickstarter. She has done the whole thing right. So if you haven't listened to this episode, she can be incredibly inspirational to you and instructive. And so if you haven't, I'd encourage you to listen. I, I just think she she did it right. If I could go, oh my gosh, she did absolutely everything right, that would be an author who did it. And then my honorable mention would be how to look and sound professional on Zoom webinars and podcasts, because Thomas really goes into some very practical and easily adaptable lessons or instruction on how to do that. Because in today's age of podcasts is now radio, you really have to have that skill set. And I know you might be introverted, but sorry, introverted people can sound fantastic on podcasts or Zoom or this kind of thing. So it's a skill set you have to learn. And so that's an episode that really can get you off on the right foot. So some quick stats. We've had 388 numbered episodes. We've had around 400 total episodes because we had some bonus episodes and there's some shenanigans with the episodes. (laughs) But the episodes with official episode numbers is 388. Jim, there's 8.2 days of audio. (laughs) You started listening (laughs) (laughs) and did not take breaks. It would take you 8.2 days. That's 196.8 hours. (laughs) And there's 204 episodes before you left and 184 post you leaving. And I want to thank you for being there, especially in those early years when the episode was not a popular show, right? Like when we first launched, 
Nobody really knew who we were. Author Media had an email list and you had a following amongst readers, but you didn't have a ton of following in the author world amongst yeah. authors. You were starting to speak at some conferences and it was a grind in those early days to build yeah. up that following. I feel like those early episodes are listened to more now than they were back then. Definitely for some of them, they're listened to more now than they were back then. And I also want to thank all of you who are listening and make this show possible, whether it's you know telling a friend or leaving a review on Apple or uh, be supporting the show on Patreon. We really could not do this without you. In fact, I found some of our oldest patrons. <laughs> so here are our very oldest patrons. These folks go back, have been a patron since March uh, through July of 2018, and they've been wow. patrons this whole time. So you'll recognize some of these names. <laughs> Mary DeMuth, our very first patron. Uh, Mary L. Hamilton, C.L. R. Peterson, Eloise White, Jennifer Leo, Timothy Wise, Jim Kukrell, and Brian Cohen. So the Sell More Book Show, I've been a patron of them, and they've been a patron of me since uh, the very beginning. Uh, Phyllis Wheeler, Jared Gehring, uh, Terry Picone, Tom Golden, James S. Rogers, Johnny Alexander, and Michelle Ulay. So thank you so much for being patrons for so long. I really appreciate it. You're the ones who allow us to have those blog versions, to allow us to do the editing, to buy the better mics, right? All of the upgrades that have happened to the show over the years have been because of the patrons helping make that possible. Wow, that is so fun to hear some of those names. And let me give just a quick shout out to Thomas, because obviously I do know the behind the scenes, <laughs> what the real Thomas is like. And this is a guy that, uh, oh, it's going to sound so cliche. How can I say this better than he truly, truly cares for you? Uh, I don't know. I'm just going to say it. He really, truly cares for, I mean, this is something we talked about for years, and he and I still talk about the biggest negative of not doing the novel marketing podcast anymore is Thomas and I don't talk as often. But Thomas is an incredibly close friend, so I get to see his heart. I get to see his passion. I get to see how much he puts into everything from Obscure No More to the Q&A for the patrons to the show. And yeah, he loves you guys. Well, thank you, Jim. And if you want to meet other novel marketing listeners in real life, you should check out the 2024 Novel Marketing Conference. It's our first ever in-person event. We're starting it off on Kickstarter. There's a few days left if you want to check out the Kickstarter. We'll have a link both to the Kickstarter and if the Kickstarter funds to the full crowdfunding page at novelmarketingconference.com. This is a conference that is focused on helping you sell more books. So this is not a learn how to write your book conference. This is not a learn how to get published conference. I may do one of those in the future, but that's not this conference. This is for authors who either have a book or are about to launch a book and want to get this marketing thing right. They want to take their book sales to the next level. It's in January because it's set up to help you have a plan for the year of 2024 to make 2024 your best year ever for book sales. James L. Rubart, thank you so much for joining us today on this special edition of the Novel Marketing Podcast. You are welcome. Love being here. The Novel Marketing Podcast is a production of authormedia.com. Our guest today was former host James L. Rubart. Our producer is Lori Christine. Audio engineering is by William Umstadt. The blog post is crafted by Shauna Lettler. And you can find that blog version and all the other blog versions of this show at authormedia.com slash 388. And I am Thomas Umstead Jr. saying thank you for listening and live long and prosper.